Coming up, it's the who, what, when, where, why, how, and more. It's Heat version 1 in 3, 2... Welcome, one and all, to version one of Heat, the wrestling podcast. My name is Referee Tony S, and thank you for checking out Heat. You can follow me on Twitter at Referee Tony S, and more importantly, you can follow the show as well at The Heat Pod. If you'd like a sneak peek as to what Heat will bring you, you can listen to the official trailer titled Intro to Heat, available now on Anchor, Spotify, and more platforms to come. First things first, before we get into the headlines... Let's break it down and get into how heat came to be. There's a method. Well, it's known as the Kipling method. And what exactly is that method? Well, it's very simple to you and me. Quite frankly, it's the who, what, when, where, why, and sometimes how we got to this point. Who? Well, who am I? Well, for your information, my name is Tony S. And I'll be your host of this party. I've been a wrestling fan for nearly three decades and a referee for almost two. And I've been fortunate and blessed to share the ring with some of the best and brightest representing the industry yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So what is heat? Well, heat is all about perspectives. It's all about what you see. Heat is real. It's about telling it like it is. And it's also giving people their recognition and their flowers when they're due. Heat is telling your story. Heat is all about the global headlines. It's about women's wrestling, the independence the news and notes, the history, and so much more. But most of all, Heat is about you. Heat is about wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So when and where? Heat will be available for you each and every week on Anchor, Spotify, and more providers to be announced later on through our Twitter feed, at the Heat Pod, anywhere in the world. So hey, spread the word. I'd appreciate it. And why? So personally, why the decision to create this platform? It's a way to connect with you and introduce you to people who have different paths and different travels to be where they are today. How? Well, simply this is where your wrestling ideas come to light, to be challenged, and to be explained. Now, without any further ado, let's light this candle and wait, 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 wait. Before we get this fire started, I do have to address something right off the top. If you've known me through the years, I was once associated with Chip K. Fabe as a member of the Check in the Boots podcast, CTV Pod. And recently, as earlier this year, I was the co-host of the TBD Wrestling Podcast with Matt McCool. Now, Matt McCool is having tremendously positive happenings going on in his life right now, and I couldn't be more happier for him. He's as happy as I've ever seen him. Now, Matt and I have talked over the past few weeks, and Matt has given me his blessing to try on this solo project. I've also opened the door, the not-so-forbidden door, but I've opened the door for Matt McCool whenever he is available to appear on Heat to give his very, very opinionated and intelligent professional wrestling takes, as well as other individuals that I will introduce you to later on, as well as a few surprises. The spirit of TBD Wrestling will continue to live on through those that believe in it. 
However, this is heat. It's a new way. It's a new beginning. Now, without further ado, officially, let's get this fire started. Let's start with the headlines. Here on Heat, we discuss the headlines through the major companies, the independents, and women's wrestling, which will be the second half of the show, as well as a few surprises, which I'll definitely inform you on as to when and where they're going to be happening on our Twitter feed at the Heat Pod. But let's start with the headline. Let's start with the flagship of the WWE. Let's start with Monday Night Raw. I've got two headlines for you. Number one, Big E is WWE champion so far. And number two, The Miz and Edge. Let's start with Big E. Big E is WWE champion. I could not be happier, personally or professionally, for Big E as a lot of people are and a lot of wrestling fans are throughout the world. They're genuinely happy that finally, after years of waiting and wishing and wanting this to happen, that Big E is now a main player on a big stage. He is the WWE champion. And he steps into the ring in a triple threat match. This is going on day one, January 1st at 8 Eastern on WWE Network. Everywhere else streaming in Peacock in the U.S. in a triple threat match against Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. I do not expect Big E's title reign, championship reign, to end on day one. We are living in the story of E. Big E's a former Intercontinental Champion, multiple-time tag team champion. And wrestling fans worldwide, they believe in Big E just like they believe in Kofi Kingston. Just like they believe in Xavier Woods and the New Day. They believe in being authentic. And Big E is that and more. And I don't expect this championship reign to end on day one in a triple threat match. Even with the quality of talent of Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in the ring with Big E. WWE fans, they believe in the power of Big E. Not just physically, but they believe in him as a person Outside of the trunks and suspenders, they believe him for who he is. And championship authenticity is so very important in today's professional wrestling landscape. Speaking of authenticity, second WWE Raw headline, The Miz and Edge. Edge comes back. And by the way, I'm recording this on Tuesday after Raw when Edge comes back to WWE. And I saw on Twitter a lot of tweets by wrestling fans about who Edge's first match on the Raw brand should be. And primarily, I saw Finn Balor, and I saw AJ Styles. Well, the problem with AJ Styles is AJ Styles is with Omos. And I think a lot of people within WWE, they believe in Omos, because they would not believe in Omos by putting him with somebody who can teach him so much like AJ Styles. And I think behind the scenes, AJ Styles is a mentor to Omos. Would that be a great one-on-one thing? Yes, it would, for sure. It would be phenomenal, pun intended. But knowing Edge, Edge is here for a, a little bit, and he wants to make it mean something. And I was surprised when The Miz showed up, but you know what? Come to think about it, I was riding around earlier today, and The Miz is a damn good choice, and I'll tell you why. Think about it. Think about when Miz showed up. Think about when The Miz showed up as a runner-up in the Million Dollar Tough Enough 
when The Miz, before he was hosting SmackDown, and before he was saying hoorah, and before he was the chick magnet and wearing the fedora. Think about it. The Miz was on SmackDown. And yes, The Miz was the host of SmackDown. That'll be a rewatchable. But The Miz started on SmackDown. Where was Edge at this point? Edge was on Raw. Think about Miz and Edge's entire time in WWE. They have not crossed paths except for very few minuscule times. But very rarely do you remember Miz and Edge going one-on-one against each other. And the biggest thing that I can remember is think about it. WrestleMania in Atlanta. WrestleMania 27. The Miz and Edge headlined WrestleMania each on their own respective main events. Miz retained the WWE Championship against John Cena. Edge retained the World Heavyweight Championship against Alberto Del Rio. And let's go two months before that at the Royal Rumble in Boston with the infamous 40-man Royal Rumble, which I was there for. The Miz defended and retained the WWE Championship against Randy Orton. And Edge defended and retained the World Heavyweight Championship against Dolph Ziggler. So Edge and The Miz have been on the same show, but never, if rarely, but probably never ever in a program together, let alone one-on-one. And then when Edge retired, it was basically Miz taking over, winning tag team titles, United States Championship, Intercontinental Championship, And Miz has definitely made a resume of himself within WWE without Edge being present due to retirement until now. And I liked Miz and Edge's altercation really being the first time that they've ever really been in the ring together one-on-one like that. And with Maurice in the picture, I would love to see Beth Phoenix in the picture to obviously even up the size with Edge you have with... Edge and and Miz, former WWE champions. Edge is a Hall of Famer. You have Beth Phoenix and Maurice, former Divas champions. Beth Phoenix is a Hall of Famer. And with Miz and Edge, expect some fireworks there. Really looking forward to see where that's going to lead up. Let's go to NXT. And NXT 2.0 can now be renamed as the Carmelo Hayes Show. We've seen how... With NXT, over the last couple of weeks, there's been a a shifting from the ring to the logo, to the presentation, to the stars, people leaving, people coming in. And it's all about giving time to the new blood, which I get, which is really what NXT, the motto, would be way early on. And Carmelo Hayes has proven to be one of, if not the breakout star of NXT. Make no mistake about it. Carmelo Hayes, think about it. Carmelo Hayes is the NXT North American champion. He is in the main event, in my eyes, of the upcoming war games. It'll be Carmelo Hayes teaming up with Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo, and Braun Breaker against LA Knight, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa and Gargano, DIY. But Carmelo Hayes has been featured to the point where you know you cannot miss. And like he says, Melo don't miss. You cannot miss an NXT because you don't know how Carmelo Hayes 
is going to affect it. Carmelo Hayes in NXT is a major player in a very short amount of time in NXT. I followed him since day one in the industry. People know him as Christian Casanova. I followed him since day one. I've been in the ring with him. He's got the mind. He's got the youth. He's got the physique. He's got the acumen and the attitude, the positive attitude to get very far in professional wrestling. He's already in the history books. And I'll say this, to be a WWE champion of any kind, you're in the history books forever. And that says something about you. Very few people get to that status where they can hold a championship and be in WWE's history books. Right or wrong or indifferent, your name is in there. And Carmelo Hayes, his star is on the rise, and it's rising every single day. Keep your eyes out for Carmelo Hayes. Let's go to SmackDown. And SmackDown, it's all about the Tribal Chief. It's all about the head of the table, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns doing the best work of his entire career on SmackDown. You have to acknowledge it. You have to. There's no two ways about it. Roman Reigns, as of today's recording date, one year, three months as Universal Champion. 457 days. Second longest reigning Universal Champion of all time. Who's the longest reigning Universal Champion of all time? Brock Lesnar. Over 500 days. To break that record, Roman Reigns must remain champion until January 17th of next year. Which is not that far away. And Roman Reigns has a very good chance of breaking Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship record. Roman Reigns has had a stellar career. You already know the accolades, the main events that he's done. But this reign is Universal Champion, just like Big E in the WWE Championship. Roman Reigns, whenever you know he is there, whenever you know he's on the marquee, whether he is in the ring or not, he is important. And because he is important, everybody around him, even the ones that are associated with him, and even on the same show, everybody gets better because of Roman Reigns. And I've always been a Roman Reigns fan, supporter. The work that he's doing is absolutely outstanding. And the fact that he's been Universal Champion for this long... If we're at this point, imagine how much further we can go from here with his work. His work is absolutely outstanding. Let's go to AEW. The talk within All Elite is the promo between the, not really the promo, but the back and forth, the segment between CM Punk and MJF. It's already been released on YouTube, the segment in full. Nearly two and a half million views on YouTube. Over 100,000 likes. Why? Because this is what AEW fans want. CM Punk and MJF, you know how MJF, no matter what you call him, you can call him, you can call him anything from Maxwell Jacob Friedman to Maxwell Jacob Feinstein to MJF or my jealous fan, whatever you want to call him. MJF can go on the mic. One of, if not the best, stickman, promo guy, whatever you want to call him in AEW. And to put him in there with somebody who's better than him in that category, CM Punk, does wonders for MJF. Absolute wonders. And the fact that MJF has not wrestled in quite a long time, it makes you want to see MJF compete 
and it makes you want to. It makes you want to see him wrestle. It makes you want to pay money to see him fight. No matter if he gets beat up, you want to see him compete. And MJF, for him to hang with CM Punk on the microphone, like I said before, does absolute wonders for MJF. And what does that say about MJF? To give MJF 20 minutes of uninterrupted television time with CM Punk. It says great things about CM Punk. It says great things about MJF. Is it going to lead to a one-on-one confrontation or even a match with CM Punk for MJF? I hope so. But one thing's for certain. If this is going to get to that point, it's a hell of a way to start. And I absolutely loved it. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. But here is just a little bit of what CM Punk said to MJF. You had a whole week to think of good zingers and you came out here with the lowest hanging fruit. He thinks he's somebody. He thinks what he does is revolutionary to the wrestling business when in reality, he's just a less famous Miz. Can't wait to see what happens between CM Punk and MJF. I also can't wait to see what happens on Dark this week. By now, by the time this is already released, you've already checked it out. As Anthony Green takes on Adam Cole. Now, why is this a headline? Why is Anthony Green versus Adam Cole a headline? Anthony Green, just a few months ago, was in WWE under the NXT slash 205 Live banner. And Anthony Green, literally, for those of us who know him, has grown up in this industry. Started off as a referee. I officiated live events with Anthony Green on it. And then Anthony Green wanted to transition, which I knew from the start. I knew that Anthony Green wanted to become a wrestler, that being a referee was the the door, the opening of the door for him to become a wrestler. And he found his footing, whether it was the KMN connection. Or the retrosexual to now the alternative. He's grown up. He's growing up. Or all good. He's grown up right before our very eyes. The people that have been around him. Like I and so many others have. And what does that say about Anthony Green? How hard he's worked to not only get his first win in AEW competition. But to put him, no matter the stage, to put him in a match with someone the caliber of Adam Cole. Adam Cole... NXT champion, Ring of Honor world champion, done the who's who, faced the who's who, beaten the best of the best in the industry over the last 10 years, 10 10 years plus. And for Adam Cole to give Anthony Green an opportunity at a one-on-one matchup, no matter the platform, I think it says wonders for Anthony Green. In my opinion, don't be surprised if Anthony Green does not get signed to another wrestling company, especially if AEW is giving him the opportunity like this. And I know that he's going to show up. Anthony Green is going to show up and show out in its match with Adam Cole. And I know that a lot of people that I know, including myself, are going to see it. AEW just announced their Battle of the Belts, their next big event, January 8th, 
from the Bojangles Coliseum in Charlotte, 7 p.m. Get your tickets now if you're in the Charlotte area. I've got some people in the Charlotte area who are going to check this out. I wanted to bring this up to an attention, or to your attention, about an article that I was given by Sam Piapo of, uh, also I know him as Second City Sam on Twitter, and he had an article about AEW, and I wanted to read this last section. And it says, quote, the size of the AEW roster is worrisome as well. How many wrestlers can you sign to these big money contracts and keep happy? At some point, you're going to run out of TV time and your talent will become bitter. Money doesn't buy happiness for everyone. The more this roster grows, the more wrestlers you'll have to keep happy. Why are there so many factions in AEW? Tony Khan wants to keep everyone happy, but that's only going to work for so long. When it stops working, it'll be a domino effect. The very doors you are bringing people into will be used as an exit by wrestlers who want to be exposed more. End quote. That's from Sam Piapo on Twitter at Second City Sam. Here's what I'll say to that. And some of what he said is true. Here's what I'll say to that. Yes, you want to keep everybody happy. Most people will not complain about an opportunity. And everybody wants to be exposed more. You're right. And there's only so much television time. And because of that, there's a lot of people within the last year or so who were so discouraged about WWE releasing all of their, all of these talents from their contracts. And people can say budget cuts, and people can say this, people can say that. I don't like reports, don't really read into it. Here's the way I see it. You have three hours of Raw. You have two hours of SmackDown. You now have two hours of NXT. You have 205 Live, that's one hour. Plus you have pay-per-views. With all the talent that WWE had, let's say for a hypothetical, they had all this talent. How were they possibly going to have all of this television time for that much talent? How? Because in the professional wrestling industry, Somebody has to move down for somebody else to step up. It's always been that way. And it always will be that way. Somebody has to move down. There's barely any stepping aside in the professional wrestling business. And with all those talents, how can you really give them an opportunity when there's no window for them to do it? And like I said, I agree with Sam with much of what he says. But I think what we're seeing in AEW, now that Rampage is going to be moving in the new year to TBS, and hopefully the structure of the programming will change a little bit. I hope that Dark continues to be a place where independent talent can be able to get their foot in the door, which, by the way, give referees a chance as well, but that's a personal note. I hope that... With TBS now having the Women's Championship created in a tournament going on, that we have more time for the women to showcase their abilities, which I have always said that. If you listen to the TBD Wrestling Podcast, I've always said that. And we hope that Dynamite continues to be where the main event talent goes, and that Dynamite continues to be the place, at least with wrestling fans, for AEW, because I even I understand, WWE has left a sour taste in most wrestling fans' hearts to the point where they will never trust WWE again. There are people that I know 
that I talk to that wishes, and some wrestling fans do to a point, that wishes that WWE could go back and be the Wild Wild West, to be the Attitude Era or the Ruthless Aggression Era. I get it. I understand that. But with things changing for WWE, with things changing the way that they are, AEW now has to be the place to get those casual wrestling fans or to get those, more, most importantly, to get those lapsed fans back. That's where I think AEW will be, and I think it's good for them. So, much props to everybody in AEW. Anthony Green versus Adam Cole. Check it out on AEW Dark. NWA time. For the NWA, it's hard times to weekend. And I'll run down the card in just a minute. And first things first, if you ever have the ability to check out an NWA live event in your area, please, I implore you, I encourage you to go check it out. Hard-hitting professional wrestling action from the NWA. And there is a difference between wrestling is entertainment and wrestling and entertainment. And with the NWA, wrestling is the entertainment. Wrestling is the name on the marquee. And that's what the NWA does best. And I really like the presentation of the NWA. And it may not have as much as a following as most professional wrestling promotions do. But don't sleep on the NWA. Because they make things important. And if you've seen the NWA 73 pay-per-view, you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen Empower from the NWA earlier this year, you know what I'm talking about. The NWA is really gearing up to be a very special brand, a very special entity in professional wrestling. To me, it already is. It already has a lineage, and especially with the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, because you cannot have a WWE Championship, a Universal Championship, a WCW World Championship, an ECW World Heavyweight Championship, a TNA World Heavyweight Championship, or an Impact World Championship without the NWA, period. And when it comes to the NWA, there is nobody who is the face of the modern-day NWA more than the national treasure Nick Aldis, former two-time world's heavyweight champion, and not just the NWA live events, but if you've ever had an opportunity to go to a wrestling convention, which I implore all you wrestling fans to go to a convention when it comes to your area, meet and greets, See how Nick Aldis is, because from top to bottom, Nick Aldis carries himself like a champion, as he should. From top to bottom, he carries himself like a true champion. With the championship belt, the intellectual property or not, he carries himself top to bottom, head to toe, like a champion. And speaking of top to bottom, head to toe, let's get to the Hard Times 2 card. This Saturday, December 4th at 7 p.m. in Atlanta. At the GPB Studios in Atlanta. 8 o'clock on Fight. If you're there, if you're able to be there in person, you can still get tickets as low as $30 at nwatix.com. And you can pre-order on Fight right now for $24.99. And let's go from top to bottom. Mike Knox challenges Trevor Murdoch for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Sion challenges Tyrus for the NWA World's Television Championship. Tyrus will have Austin Idol in his corner. And Pope has been named the special guest referee. Judeus with Father James Mitchell challenges Chris Adonis for the National Heavyweight Championship. 
tag team championships and championships galore from all over the place. The end. Paro and Odinson challenges La Rebellion for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Melina challenges Camille for the NWA World Women's Championship. Kiara Hogan challenges Mickey James. That's right. Kiara Hogan challenges Mickey James for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Kiara Hogan, of course, formerly within Impact of the team of Fire and Flavor with Tasha Steeles. Kylie Ray and Tootie Lynn, as well as Lady Frost and Natalia Markova, look to dethrone the Hex, Marty Bell and Allison Kay of their NWA World's Women's Tag Team Championship. Could it be done? Will the Hex retain or will we see new champions? Find out at hard times, too. Speaking of champions, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, the OGK, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, defend against Aaron Stevens and Kratos, Stevens and Kratos, former NWA World Tag Team Champions. Austin Aries and Rhett Titus in a NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship qualifier. The championship has been reactivated. There will be a second Junior Heavyweight Championship qualifier in the form of a gauntlet with Darius Lockhart, Aria Davari, C.W. Anderson, Homicide, Sal Renaro, Luke and P.J. Hawks, Kerry Morton, Victor Benjamin, Jamie Stanley, Jeremiah Plunkett, Alex Taylor, and more to be named for a Junior Heavyweight Championship qualifying gauntlet. More action? Well, you got it. Colby Carino takes on Doug Williams, and I talked about Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis was in a group of Strictly Business with Tom Latimer, Camille, and Chris Adonis, and when Nick Aldis was dethroned by Trevor Murdoch for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship at NWA 73, things started to dissolve for Strictly Business, and now it goes to a grudge match one-on-one Strictly one-on-one between Nick Aldis and Tom Latimer. And speaking of Nick Aldis, last week, Nick Aldis had some truth bombs for Tom Latimer. I don't care where it is, sanctioned or unsanctioned, I'm going to beat your ass. And you're right about one thing. I did go home. I did go home and look in the mirror and say I was beat, beat to a pulp. I did look at my son in the eye and say, yeah, Uncle Tom beat Daddy up. But the bit that you don't know is that when Donovan said to me, Dad, why did Uncle Tom beat you up? I said, because he don't need to ride Daddy's coattails anymore because now he rides Camille's. Because, son, Uncle Tom is just a Dollar Tree Nick Aldis. And that is strictly business. Aldis, Latimer, one-on-one, and including a very special appearance by hardcore legend and Hall of Famer Mick Foley and an in-ring tribute to former NWA World's Women's Champion Jazz. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great night of professional wrestling action for NWA Hard Times 2 this Saturday, December 4th, 7 p.m. in Atlanta, 8 p.m. on Fight. Get your tickets in there in person or check it out on Fight. Ring of Honor, I was able to check out Ring of Honor television this week, and I really like Ring of Honor TV. There's just something about it. I really like it. And with the news recently that Ring of Honor is going through, through a restructuring, 
and talent being released from their contracts, but also talent being able to be used throughout the independent circuit, no matter the promotion worldwide. I'm really liking uh, Mike Bennett getting work, Matt Taven getting work, Brian Malone is getting work. You know, everybody within Ring of Honor, the independent wrestling scene and professional wrestling in general, is getting behind the talent of Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor is, at least for the past nearly two decades, has been a vital part to what professional wrestling is today. And this past week on Ring of Honor TV, the Briscoes, who are current GCW Tag Team Champions, which I will talk about GCW in just a second, defeated Danhausen and PCO, and EC3 defeated Jay Lethal by submission. EC3 now 4-1 in singles competition in Ring of Honor, 5-2 in his last seven Ring of Honor matches. Lethal with his 440th Ring of Honor match. He's won all Ring of Honor titles. He's been a world champion, world television champion, pure champion, world tag team champion. And I really liked the EC3 Jay Lethal match primarily due to the commentary and wanted to give a shout out to Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman because the way that they did the commentary for that match between EC3 and Jay Lethal, it's very difficult to do commentary. You can't be impactful and excited all the time. You have to match your commentary with how the match is being presented. And I really liked how Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman, because of the tone of the match between Jay Lethal and EC3, and EC3 getting into Jay Lethal's head and Jay Lethal doubting himself, I really liked how Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman really added to the match by slowing their commentary tempo down and was able to match their commentary with the pace of the match. I really liked how Coleman and Riccoboni added to their match. And I just want to give a shout out to Coleman and Riccoboni for that. And please support everybody on the independent wrestling circuit. Please support wrestling in general. We need it. And especially for anybody associated with Ring of Honor, we're close to final battle, which is a week from this Saturday, December 11th in Baltimore. As of right now, two championships to be defended Bandito defends the Ring of Honor World Championship against Jonathan Gresham. And, of course, pending on the OGK retaining the World Tag Team Championship at NWA Hard Times 2, they will defend against the Briscoes, who are looking to become 12-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Uh, more to come next week on Heat when it comes to Final Battle. And speaking of GCW, like I said, we're gonna, we have to support independent wrestling because... Just like independent wrestling needs WWE, they need AEW, they need Impact, they need Ring of Honor. The big companies, WWE, the, the companies I just named, they need independent wrestling. You can get athletes, but you need independent wrestling because you need people that are there, that are willing to have the passion. Everybody remembers, and I, say, I tell this to, to people at live events that I work with, a lot of people forget when they're five, six, seven, eight years old, sitting in front of a television set watching wrestling, watching their favorite wrestler, and thinking, I want to do this someday. And everybody starts out on the independence or the territories. But in this case, this day and age, the independence. And what a coup 
for the independence, specifically for GCW, Game Changer Wrestling. I wanted to put my congratulations to them. They're having a live event being held in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City on Sunday, January 23rd, which is already sold out. Hammerstein Ballroom, home of ECW One Night Stand, home of ECW's final pay-per-view, Massacre on 34th Street, and Guilty as Charged. Hammerstein Ballroom, home to many Ring of Honor live events. Hammerstein Ballroom is an electric place for professional wrestling. It's like everybody is descending on the ring. It's a great atmosphere if you've ever been able to, to, to be a part of a wrestling experience in Hammerstein. And for GCW, an independent wrestling promotion, their name is called The World on GCW. That's the name of the live event. And for GCW to sell out the Hammerstein Ballroom, it doesn't matter the name of the promotion. It doesn't matter the name or the style. It doesn't matter what it is. To be able to sell out the Hammerstein Ballroom, that is a huge coup for independent wrestling. That's a huge coup for GCW. Congratulations to everybody associated with GCW and to those who are going to be there. Have a kick-ass, fantastic time in New York City. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's all about the ladies, the ladies. We're going to talk about new women's tag team champions. We're going to talk about Britt Baker, DMD. We're going to talk about Camille, Ring of Honor TV, and more here on Heat. Version 1. Version 1. It's like Mattitude, except better. Don't go away. Mattitude. This ominous, unforgiving steel that will rip flesh at every turn. One place that you have dared to go. It is 20 feet high. Completely different animal. Two will meet in one battle where few have walked away. Hell, hell, in the cell. Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, the WWE Championship match. You haven't been taken where I'm going to take you. WWE No Mercy, 10 days away, live on pay-per-view. Tag team talk of more! Driver. Oh no, it's the Van Damme! Who can say five stars? He cheated! ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling figures and rank each sold separately. Get Extreme! ECW! Welcome back to version one of Heat, the wrestling podcast. Tony S. with you. Thank you so much for joining me, wherever you may be. As earlier stated, you can follow me at Referee Tony S. But more importantly, support the show and follow the show at The Heat Pod on Twitter. Now, it's all about the ladies, the ladies, the ladies headlines. Let's go right to it. start off on the flagship with new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to Carmella and Queen Zelina, Zelina Vega, especially for Zelina Vega having it being done in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center with so much family ties to the 9-11 attacks. We don't need to go into that story, but it's just a great 
personal and professional moment for Zelina Vega, Queen Zelina, who truly deserves this moment. And I'm glad that she was able to get the winning pinfall in that Women's Tag Team Championship match. Such a great moment for her. And that's what we like. We want more personal moments like that. Also, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan, there is a championship match this Monday night on Raw between the two. And I like where this is going, especially with what happened this past Monday night on Raw with the contract signing, the auspicious contract signing between the two, between Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. Personally, I like the jabs. And because of how Liv Morgan has been presented to us in the past, we've never been able to really see that fire come out of Liv Morgan. So thank you, in some way, to Becky Lynch for doing that. But it's about time that people really start to see what is within these competitors. We need to see that in more women's matches, in more situations like that, where they have another layer to their dimension, to their personality. I really like where this is going. Will we see a new champion? We'll have to find out this Monday Night on Raw, but I really like where this is going. And Liv Morgan is now, at least on paper, a viable threat to Becky Lynch's Raw Women's Championship. And that's what we need. We need more viable threats. We need more people, more women's competitors who are not in the usual four, five, six spots, who are not in the usual spots that always get the contendership matches. We need some diversity as far as challengers go for the Women's Championship. And I like where this is going with Liv and even... No matter what happens on Monday, I like it and I want to see more of that side of personality to Liv Morgan. NXT 2.0. Let's talk war games. I said earlier on, it's the old school against the new school. This really isn't that for war games. But what this is, at least we have some intertwining rivalries between all competitors. We don't have... Uh, NXT Women's Tag Team Championship or the NXT Women's Championship on the line, but to have eight of these competitors in War Games, let's go through that match right now with War Games coming up. Cora Jade, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and Raquel Gonzalez against Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction, which are NXT Women's cha- uh, Women's Tag Team Champions J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan, and the NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose as NXT Women's Champion. This is somebody who has been placed in one umbrella within WWE and has just kind of been there for a little bit. Has been there for a while. To the point where it wasn't really fair to her because you're placed in that little one spot. It's where, oh, where that's where that person needs to be. And I'm not blaming WWE, don't get me wrong. This is within all forms of wrestling, even in the independence, if you're in this spot, or if you're in spot A, spot B, spot C, that's where we think you need to be, and with NXT, that's given people like Mandy Rose a new lease on her career, which I really like, and Raquel Gonzalez is definitely one of the wild cards, but I'm looking at Kaylee Ray as a wild card here, especially because she is on the Cora Jade, Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez team. Kaylee Ray could play a wild card in this. Keep your eyes on Kaylee Ray for women's war games because you know, right or wrong, let's say if one of the members 
of the Io Shirai team gets a pinfall on Mandy Rose, hypothetically, that woman could be next in line for the NXT Women's Championship. So keep your eye on the Women's War Games match, the co-main event of War Games this Sunday on WWE Network, everywhere else in Peacock in the U.S. Let's go to SmackDown. Bianca Belair is a star, no question about it. She is an S-T-A-R, bold, underscore, italicized, neon lights, up in the sky, deep in the Hollywood Hills. She is a star. And I like the way she's presented, which I was talking with my executive producer. This begs the question, did the 26 seconds at SummerSlam, looking back in retrospect, really derail Bianca Belair's momentum? Yes, she won at WrestleMania. And she had great title defenses against Sasha Banks and Bayley. And yes, it was a little weird how she lost the championship, but did it really derail Bianca Belair? She's now one of the main faces of the women's division within WWE. She's marketable. She's personable. She can carry a great match with just about anybody. So did the 26 seconds really derail her? And remember, her and Becky Lynch are on the same show. So even though it was for the SmackDown Women's Championship, her and Becky Lynch on the same sh- are on the same show, are on the same roster. Expect that rivalry to continue. And I hope it does. I want to see that continuation. I think we all want to see Becky Lynch, in one way, shape, or form, get her payback from Bianca Belair. Also, what's the deal with Sonya Deville and Naomi? Do we have a plan I mean, Sonya Deville, from when Naomi got drafted to SmackDown, Sonya Deville doesn't like her. Now she's costing Naomi matches, disrupting the record books, taking her off Team Survivor Series. Which also begs the question, Sonya Deville, you could say, is a singular reason why the women's Survivor Series team for SmackDown lost to Team Raw. I mean, we all would have liked to see Bianca Belair and Naomi one-on-one. I think that would have been great. But some could say that Sonya Deville's personal differences with, yes, Aaliyah, but more so Naomi, cost Team SmackDown the match. And let's talk about Sasha Banks for a minute. Sasha Banks now doesn't like Sonya Deville. Because Sonya Deville thinks she's the boss. Think about Sasha Banks' background when Sasha Banks and Naomi were part of Team Bad with Tamina. What if this is an elaborate plan by Sonya Deville to bring Sasha Banks to her side just to stick it to Naomi? Begs the question. Because remember, when it comes to competitors and in championships in WWE, there's no friends. See, every friendship that had a a partnership break up because of championship gold. The best examples for this are Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. In 2001, Christian was jealous that Edge was king of the ring. And not only was Edge king of the ring, Edge was intercontinental champion at the time. Christian was going against The Rock for the WCW championship in Toronto. Christian lost and was so jealous of Edge after Edge defended the Intercontinental Championship against Lance Storm. Christian turned on Edge. Look at the Hardy Boys. Matt Hardy 
was jealous of Jeff Hardy, even though Matt Hardy was ECW champion at the time. Everything revolved around Jeff Hardy to when Jeff Hardy became WWE champion. And at that time, Matt Hardy wanted to do everything to end Jeff Hardy's dream. And he did. When it comes to friendships, partnerships, brotherhood, sisterhood, and championship gold, championship gold always gets in between. Look at the history. It's always happened. So what if Sasha Banks was in it with Sonya Deville just to keep Naomi out of the championship picture? Is it far off? I don't think so. Let's go to AEW. Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Yes, she is a pillar of AEW. And for many Britt Baker fans out there in the world today, you did not need CM Punk to say that. But you know what? You kind of did. Because now, who better to validate Britt Baker as a true pillar of AEW than CM Punk? Britt Baker is a star. She is that one member of the AEW roster. You can put her anywhere and she belongs there. She's made the media rounds. She's done television interviews. She's been on ESPN. She's been on College Game Day. Britt Baker is everywhere. She is what a women's champion should be. Carries herself like it too. And in the ring, you could say that Britt Baker is the all-around best female competitor in AEW. But now with the creation of the TBS Women's Championship Tournament, could there be a number two? I mean, think about it. We've got the semifinal matchups. Thunder Rosa takes on Jade Cargill. The winner of that match will take on the winner of the Nyla Rose. And whoever Nyla Rose faces, which is the winner of the Chris Statlander-Ruby Soho match. The new TBS champion will be crowned when Dynamite moves from TNT to TBS on January 5th. So who out of these five, Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander, and Ruby Soho, would you want to see as the inaugural AEW TBS Women's Champion? The way I look at it, and I've said this, and you people know out there, you guys know out there, who've listened to me on whichever podcast platform. I'm a huge proponent of women's wrestling. And the best way to accentuate the positives of the women's division, especially in a new company like AEW, is to give the women more television time. And I hope that with the creation of the TBS Women's Championship Tournament that they can do that. I just want, and I think we all just want women's wrestling to prosper. And I think it is doing so now more than ever before. Britt Baker's a star. But with the TBS Women's Championship Tournament now being held in January 5th with the crowning of a new champion, whoever they decide is the first champion of the TBS tournament, that needs to be just as important as the AEW World Women's Championship. Because the first champion sets the tone for the rest of the champions to come. Speaking of champions, Camille, she is a brick house. But man, I'm telling you, I said it earlier. If you ever have a chance to check out an NWA live event in your area, please do so. In Charlotte, North Carolina earlier this year, 
which I was fortunate enough to be a part of. Nick Aldis and Camille were both there defending their respective championships. And Camille also carries herself as a champion. And it's the, the stature, the presence of, of that, that title holder, of Camille. It's the stature and the presence alone. She's tall. She's athletic. She doesn't have many years in the industry, but she picks up quick because of her athletic background. And because of that, and the way that she carries herself, she is a dominant NWA World Women's Champion for the modern era. And yes, she is taking on Melina for the NWA World Women's Championship at Hard Times 2. And that's going to be a clash of styles. You have another old school versus new school matchup where you have the, the new school, the, the youth, the, the athleticism, and the power of Camille against the veteran instincts, the experience, and the history that Melina has. That's going to be a very interesting matchup at hard times, too, with Camille against Melina. Keep your eyes out. Could we have an upset? You never know. Especially with Melina. Melina is a former WWE Divas champion, a former WWE Women's champion. And for her to get an, another shot, look at Melina's performance at NWA 73 against Deanna Perrazzo. Just think about that against a bigger, a stronger opponent. How is Molina going to counter Camille? But more importantly, Camille is now facing a competitor with more experience than she's ever seen before in the ring. If Camille ever is in a disadvantageous position and Molina goes on the attack, how will Camille counter that ring awareness and that ring experience. It's, it's going to be something to see at NWA Hard Times too. Definitely check that out. I was able to check out Ring of Honor Television this week. And like I said earlier, I like the flow of Ring of Honor Television. Support everybody who's associated with that company. Please do. It is very vital to the health of the wrestling industry. Please do that. And with Ring of Honor Television, the women prominently featured each and every week. And this week is no different. As the prodigy, Roxy, who, by the way, the prodigy was the former nickname of one Mike Bennett many years ago in Ring of Honor and outside of it. Roxy defended and retained the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship against Gia Scott in a great match. I, I like this match because it's clear to see, and I was speaking about the Camille Molina matchup earlier. And this matchup was good because you got to see the size disparity between the two. Gia Scott is a bigger, stronger opponent than Roxy. So Roxy is going to have to use her instincts, her technical instincts, to try to get the bigger opponent on the mat to keep her there. And she did that. Roxy now 7-0, undefeated in Ring of Honor singles competition. 9-1-1 one, one overall in Ring of Honor. She's never been pinned. She's never been submitted. And just for the record, this match was great because, because of the angles, because of the production quality, you really got to see the disparity in the athletes, the size difference, and you got to see the facial expressions. I like when the camera got up close with the facial expressions. I really like that. And the one thing that you like in the women's division is... There's just something added. There's something extra 
to women's matches. It's, they, they want it more. It's almost like every single match, they have something to prove, not to themselves, but to everybody. And there's always that extra spark, that extra pop in women's matches. I see things a little bit differently, but women's wrestling, I got to tell you, it's better now than it's ever been before, and it's only going to continue to get better from here. And last for the women's headlines, women's wrestling was a big part of Cade weekend down in the Carolinas. I was checking everything out. I, I wasn't able to be there. That's one of my goals, to be a part of Cade. But women's wrestling, always a big deal at Cade. Definitely check out Cade If you're in the Carolinas and you're able to be a part of Russell Cade, by all means, uh, do it. And like I said earlier, if you're if there's a convention in your area and you have the means and ways to go, please go there. You'll have a fantastic time meeting professional wrestlers and getting to see them live and in person. There's nothing better than that. In the future, I would like to answer questions from each and every one of you. You can do so via email. Please send them in. I greatly appreciate it. At theheatpod at gmail.com. That's theheatpod at gmail.com. Send them some questions and I'll answer them for you. Honest, open, like a book every single week. As for my officiating, I am referee Tony S. After all, my next live event will be December 11th for Atlantic Pro Wrestling in Newburyport, Massachusetts for Full Force Elimination 11 and formerly of WWE, formerly known as Fandango, Dirty Dango, will be in attendance and in action as he challenges Ilya Markopoulos for the APW Heavyweight Championship. If you're in the Newburyport, Massachusetts area, or New Hampshire area, or New England for that matter, and you'd like to be a part of APW Full Force Elimination 11, the last live event on the APW calendar in 2021, you can check out AtlanticProWrestling.com for more details. By the way, experienced pro wrestlers, listen up. Dirty Dango is also doing a seminar the day of Full Force Elimination 11. For more information, check out AtlanticProWrestling.com. For information on the Dirty Dango Seminar. Also, I was a part of Lucky Pro Wrestling's November to Remember. The Saturday before Thanksgiving on November the 20th in Hudson, Massachusetts. I want to thank everybody for coming out. And I especially want to thank Nunzio, Little Guido Meritato, and the Prince of Punk Shannon Moore for coming out. And being a part of the November to Remember. The next Lucky Pro Wrestling Live event will be on... March 5th, the first quarter of 2022, with the Lucky Lottery. VIP tickets are close to being sold out. So, if you would like a VIP ticket, or a ticket in general to be a part of the next Lucky Pro Wrestling Live event, the first one of the new year in March, LuckyProWrestling.com, and follow all social media for details. Virtual signings. Virtual signings are very, very big, especially since the pandemic started. There has been a big surge when it comes to people needing figures, autographs, 8x10 signed, or to get 8x10s and autographs and things signed by their favorite superstar. So, in a strange twist of fate, I'm here to give you some virtual signing information from my friends and colleagues over at KNS WrestleFest and at T-Mart Promotions. First, KNS WrestleFest this Friday, December 3rd, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He will have a virtual signing on the 
KNS WrestleFest Facebook page, and on Tuesday, December 7th, AEW's Luchasaurus will be there at next virtual signing. And also, the next day, Wednesday, December 8th, a very special virtual signing for the one and only Scarlett Bordeaux. And the reason why I bring virtual signings up is because with a lot of people within the last year having been released from contracts, they are doing virtual signings. So if you would like to support your favorite wrestler, please do that. Whether it's a shirt, whether it's a figure, whether it's an 8x10, definitely support the wrestling community right now more than ever before. So, Brutus the Barber Beefcake this Friday, December 3rd. Tuesday, December 7th, Luchasaurus from AEW, Scarlet Bordeaux, December 8th. More information on those and other virtual signings from KNS. You can check out the KNS Facebook page, the KNS WrestleFest Facebook page, and the website at kswrestlefest.weebly.com. And also, my guys from T-Mart Promotions, they have the very special ECW Super Ticket virtual signings. And you can check those out on the T-Mart Promotions Facebook page or search on Facebook page for the owner of the Marty Party, Martin T-Mart D'Amato. This Tuesday, December 9th, the franchise, Shane Douglas and the Sandman, will be a part of the ECW Extreme Super Ticket Virtual Signing. Next Saturday, the 11th, a big host of ECW talent will be making their way on the Extreme Virtual signing with 911, Joel Gertner, Just Incredible, Kimona Wanalea, the Blue Meanie, and the FBI, Little Guido Maritato, and Big Sal E. Graziano. And also on Sunday, December 19th, a very rare and possibly only virtual signing from former ECW and WWE talent, the one and only Don Marie. So, December 9th. Franchise Shane Douglas and the Sandman. December 11th, 911. Just Incredible. Joel Gertner, Kimono Wanalea, the Blue Meanie, and Big Sal and Little Guido of the FBI. Sunday, the 19th, Don Marie. Those are all part of the ECW Super Ticket Virtual Signings. And for more information on that, like I said earlier, you can check out the T Mart Promotions Facebook page or search for Martin T Mart Diamato. And ladies and gentlemen, this one is in the history books. Thank you so much for joining me for Heat, the wrestling podcast. If you'd like to connect with me, please do. I'm at Referee Tony S on Twitter. And connect with the show. I would greatly appreciate that as well. The show is at The Heat Pod on Twitter. If you have a question, please send it in and I'll answer it for you right here on the show. Send in your questions to The Heat Pod at gmail.com if your podcast provider allows you please put in a four or five star review and spread the word spread the word introduce people to the trailer of heat the wrestling podcast we would greatly appreciate it and i certainly appreciate you spending time with me here on version one of heat the wrestling podcast have a great safe and blessed weekend everybody and i'll see you right here next week for version two of Heat, the wrestling podcast. So long, everybody.